Christ Community Church, located at 25th and Thomas Avenue in Portsmouth, Ohio. Christ Community meets on Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 10.30 a.m. For more information, visit www.christcommunity.net or check out our Facebook page. Good morning, Christ Community Church. Ah, oh, those of you, the few, the proud, who brave the impending snowpocalypse, uh, goodness sakes, I, I remember growing up in the 70s and 80s when we just expected it to snow and we didn't freak out. I mean, I went to the grocery store the other day and, and you thought Armageddon was coming, you know, and it's like, man, oh man. Um, so it's been a it's been a weird week, uh, but I well the other thing is National Weather Service says the snow will start around noon. We'll be out here by 11:30. So those of you watching online, thank you for watching, and you're wussies. Um, but we love you. Um, this week has been has been a mixed uh, bag. We have yet another new puppy. I had the flu. Uh, which is the reason why I was wearing a mask and staying away from people. I haven't had symptoms in a couple of days, but just in case. And um, so we go through all that. But then yesterday, when I was still feeling bad, the Lord showed that he was on his throne. Kentucky blew out Tennessee, and the Bengals beat the Raiders. Uh, now, for you Browns fans, <clears throat> what happened yesterday is that the Bengals won what's called a playoff game. I know you haven't seen many of those in your lifetime. So just look it up, Google it. We're talking, we're going through Proverbs, we're talking about wisdom. This morning we'll be in Proverbs 1, 20 uh, through 33. I was looking around this week, stories about wisdom and all that other kind of stuff. One of them I ran across. It was a preacher who was <clears throat> serving a congregation faithfully for decades and decades, and, and uh, one day in the middle of an elders meeting, an angel shows up and says, you know, you, because of your faithful service, the Lord wants to bless you, so you choose. Would you like godly wisdom, or would you like wealth? He thought for a second, remembered the story of Solomon, and said, I would like to ask for godly wisdom. The angel said, it is done. The elders sat there in stunned silence for a second. They looked at the preacher and they said, well, you, you've been blessed with godly wisdom. What do you have to tell us? He said, that I should have taken the money. It's a bad preacher's joke, but come on. Oh, I, we're talking this morning about uh, one of the components of revival. Revival has happened in this country at least three times. The first and second great awakening, and then after World War II in the 50s there was one. Now a revival is when basically the church growth has dropped, and then all of a sudden a movement comes along with a preacher or preachers or whatever, and boom, so church attendance, believe it or not, you know, around the time of the American Revolution was only about 10%. But then the first Great Awakening hit, and the second Great Awakening hit, and it suddenly it was 60%. 60% of 
Same thing happened in the 1950s. Church attendance was about 30%. Then after a guy by the name of Billy Graham came along, it shot up to 50%. And there are three components to a revival. I haven't seen one in my lifetime, but I hope to. I pray to. Because the only thing that's going to fix this country. The political party is going to do it. You need for an awakening to happen, a revival to happen, three things. One, a lot of prayer. Two, hard preaching. Preaching that does not seek to just entertain people. And three, the blessing of the Holy Spirit. Two of those three we can control. One we can't. And I have been accused in the past, uh, when I was a younger guy, of being a tough preacher. That, that's, I was, and I look back on it, and I was a little too harsh at times. But if you think I was tough, do yourself a favor. Go on YouTube. And, and I don't usually recommend people go on YouTube, but go on YouTube and type in Paul Washer, shocking message. Paul Washer's a missionary, and he was preaching to a large conference of youth groups and, and, and youth ministers and so forth, thousands of them. And he got up there, and he talked about why the modern church was, was suffering, and it was, you know, why we had to, when you go to conferences, that they have to put on light shows and pyro and loud music. Because the Holy Spirit's not there, because Christianity has become corrupt. And they're all applauding. And he goes, why are you applauding? I'm talking about you. Then you could hear a pin drop. But that message has been watched millions of times. God will use that. God will use that. We live in a culture now that doesn't understand true tolerance. Let's just be honest. When I was growing up, and I'm pushing, I'll be 50 this year, not happy about it. But when I was growing up, tolerance meant I disagree with you, but I can like you and love you and respect you anyway, and we can get along. In today's cultures, if, if you believe that, not only can we not be friends, not only will I not respect you, they almost act like you shouldn't exist. And, it's, and it happens both on the left and the right, and it's really destructive and toxic. And it prevents people from hearing hard truths. It shows the hardness of their hearts, and they won't listen to tough truths. And our history has shown that when we don't listen to those hard truths, bad things happen. We didn't listen to Frederick Douglass, we got the Civil War. We didn't listen to Winston Churchill, we got World War II. We didn't listen to Martin Luther King Jr., and we're still paying for that mess. We just don't listen. And yet, we need to. And it's, you need to understand that hard preaching, I know people don't like it today primarily because of the tolerance thing, primarily because they want to be entertained, primarily because they want to hear cute stories and all that other kind of stuff. And, 
and they don't want somebody to come in and hold them by the nose and kick them in the pants, tell them they're a no good sinner, they need Jesus, they need to repent, they need discipleship, they need to spread the gospel, they need to study their scriptures, they need to pray more. But I hate to tell you this, when we finish Proverbs, we'll probably, Lord willing, go into the Gospel of Matthew. And what we'll see there is that Jesus was a tough preacher. I mean, you go to Matthew 23, and he's talking to the Jewish leaders. And what does he say? How does he start off? You hypocrites! You fools! And you say, well, okay, but Jesus can, can say that. Well, okay. Go to Acts. Look at how Paul preaches. It's rough stuff. John Wesley was part of one of the great revivals in the United States. And they asked him, what's your preaching style? How do you do it? He said, when I go into a town and I set up on a tree stump or whatever I can find and the crowd gathers... I preach hell and damnation, 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 grace, hell and damnation. And he baptized thousands. Thousands. And it doesn't just start in the New Testament. Proverbs 1, 20 through 33. Wisdom shouts in the streets. She cries out in the public square. She calls to the crowds along the main gate, to those gathered in front of the city gate. That's where you go to do business. How long, you simpletons? It's a nice way of saying idiots. Will you insist on being simple-minded? How long will you mockers relish your mocking? How long will you fools hate knowledge? Come and listen to my counsel. I'll share my heart with you and make you wise. I called you so often, but you wouldn't come. I reached out to you, but you paid no attention. You ignored my advice and rejected the correction I offered. So I will laugh when you are in trouble. I will mock you when disaster overtakes you, when calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster engulfs you like a cyclone. And anguish and distress overwhelm you. When they cry for help, I will not answer, though they anxiously search for me. They will not find me, for they hated knowledge and chose not to fear the Lord. They rejected my advice and paid no attention when I corrected them. Therefore, they must eat the bitter fruit of living their own way, choking on their own schemes. For simpletons turn away from me to death. Fools are destroyed by their own complacency. But all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. And remember, this is Solomon speaking for God to the people of God. This is a sermon to God's people. And he basically opens it by saying, you idiots. And then he goes from there. Old Testament, New Testament. It's hard stuff in there. If you don't see that it's hard stuff in there, you're not reading it carefully enough. As one of my professors used to tell me in seminary, when you read through Scripture, 
Remember, always be asking yourself, what does these passages require me to change? Now, I understand, because I've, I've been there, done that. I've preached sermons that stepped on people's toes and gotten people angry. Sometimes for theological reasons, sometimes for political reasons, whatever. And I don't like to do that. That's not my intent. But sometimes it just has to be said. And in the zeitgeist we find ourselves in, in our culture today, I completely understand that because we're so divided, we're so partisan, and quite frankly in our culture, I'm not saying this about you guys, but because I don't spend a lot of time on Instagram, but the few seconds I have spent on there, we are seriously narcissistic. We are obsessed with ourselves. And narcissistic people don't listen. And so I understand that in that kind of culture, we want to reach the lost. And that, the best way to do that is to establish friendships and then share hard truths with them when we can. I understand that. I get that. I support that. I really do. That is the best way to do it. In my life, in my life, I've had only a handful of people that I could say could look at me, counsel me, and tell me I was wrong, and I was happy about it. And it was because I loved and respected them so much. I had, I've talked about him many times, my mentor for 13 years was Dr. Charles Seibert, the late Dr. Charles Seibert. He was the associate dean at Abilene Christian University. Six foot four, a voice three octaves lower than God's. He'd been experienced. He was a licensed professional counselor. He was an insightful holy man. He was going blind from macular degeneration, died of a rare blood cancer, never complained, never. And Dr. Seibert and I would have a monthly meeting. We would spend 30 minutes on the phone each month up until about two months before he died. And I'd be sitting there, and he'd say, how's it going? And I'd go off from what I was doing, talking about, relationships or talking about the church or whatever, and he'd go, now Matthew, that's Dr. Seibert, you know I love you, yes sir, well you're wrong, okay. <laughs> and we'd go from there. So that does work. That takes time, but it does work. However, sometimes just putting it out there, like Paul Washer did, many others have done, and just getting up there and preaching the gospel or sharing the gospel like a dying person to dying people and calling it as it is, the Spirit will bless 
and revival may happen. But it takes tough preaching. It just does. I was practicing law, and um, part of my territory where I was licensed was West Virginia. And I had to go to a hearing in the, in the middle of nowhere, which is 80% of West Virginia, but you get my drift. It was a long drive. It was about a four-hour drive. This is back maybe 2005, so I'm going to go back here a little bit. For those of you who are younger, once upon a time, what we did was we had these things called CDs. And see, what I would do is I would go to my computer, and I would download a bunch of sermons and lessons to listen on my drive to these hearings four hours out, three hours, whatever. And I had, was listening to this one guy, this one preacher who was out of Grand Rapids, very creative, very interesting, um, but not very conservative, unfortunately. He eventually left ministry. was forced to leave ministry, really. And, but I liked his preaching. And I went to go load up on a Sunday night a bunch of his sermons on CD so I could listen to him on my drive. And my son, who was two at the time, wanted to know what it would be like to take his juice and baptize daddy's computer. Well, it didn't work. So I ran down to my law office very early in the morning, put the CDs in, searched for the church with the pastor I usually listen to, Thought I found it, downloaded it. Was not the pastor that I usually listen to. This guy was from out west. And this guy laid it out there. Now, I'm about, you know, a half hour, 45 minutes outside of Charleston, West Virginia, when I realize I have downloaded the wrong sermons. Now, if you've ever been 45 minutes out of Charleston, you know at that point, good luck finding a radio station without a banjo. So, I'm stuck listening to this guy. And you want to talk about tough preaching. He gets up in front of 15,000 people. He tells them they all deserve to go to hell. That they're all sinners who every single day and almost with every single thought are betraying their master, their creator, their judge. And if they call themselves Christians, how dare they not grow in discipleship knowing that despite all that, Jesus Christ died for you. In fact, at one point, I didn't know you could get away with this, he actually goes, I'm going to bleep myself. Who the blank do you think you are? I mean, he's screaming and he's shouting. And at first, I was sitting there listening to it going, who do you think you are, dude? But after four hours, I was ready for an altar call. I was going to write that guy a check. Shook me up. 
and I need it shooken up. Sometimes we just need that. We just do. There was a kid, farm kid, North Carolina. He loved to listen to baseball on the radio. Long time ago. And he loved to go to the movies. That was about it. And working on the farm, a bunch of farmhands said, hey, this, this, this guy's coming into town, and he's going to preach, and you need to go hear him. The guy said, hey, I don't want to listen to the baseball game that night. I don't want to, you know, there's a new double feature coming out. I, he's going to be here all week. I don't want to hear it. I don't need any of that. I don't need some guy up there, red-faced, screaming bloody murder at me. I don't need it, and I don't want it. And he said, I'm telling you, you should go. And day after day, farmhand after farmhand, all of his friends, like, you know, you should get. Did I, my parents took me, dragged me to this guy, and you can't put. He said, I'm not going. Finally, he just got so sick of hearing about it, he went. He didn't want to be there. He was resented that he was there. I've seen people like that. You've been preaching long enough. I've been preaching 23 years now. You can look down and see where somebody's like, man, do I want to be somewhere else right now. And he was sitting there, his arms crossed, and this guy just let loose. I mean, just took the skins off their backs. Rotten sinners all deserve hell. You all deserve to die and go to burn in hell forever right now. You have nothing. You're, you're traitors. You are just on and on and on and on and on. And this kid had never heard anything like it. He just sat there. At first, he had the same reaction that I had in the car. I was like, what is, what is this guy but he was a southerner, and he was raised, you know, and he wanted to get up and leave, but that's considered rude, so you don't, you know, you just sit there, and you kind of like, you know, study the ceiling and wait for it just to end up, and he sat there reluctantly. The guy goes on and on and on until it hits him. He's talking about me. And then he started to listen, and then he started to cry. And then he came forward. His name was Billy Graham. You see what hard preaching can do? If the Spirit blesses it. And the simple fact is, as the Proverbs say, if you don't pay attention to the Lord, if you think that doesn't apply to me, if you think that's talking about somebody else, when he's talking about hypocrites, yeah, those hypocrites. He's talking about those sinners, yeah, those sinners. The first thing you need to realize is he's talking about all of us. Myself included. And then you really listen. And if you really listen, and you realize
realize what a simpleton, what a fool we have been, how foolish we have been. And you see how perfect God's wisdom is. That our way leads to death, God's way leads to peace. Not an easy life, not necessarily an easy life, but a peaceful one. There's a difference. There's a difference. If you can see that, your heart will break. And if you can get someone else to see that, their heart will break, and maybe they'll get someone else, and we will have revival again. Maybe. Just maybe. Well, believe it or not, I'm done. I told you I'd get you out of here quick, didn't I? I promised you I'm not going to make you drive through New Boston in the snow. Um, I've done that before. You were talking about double whammy. Goodness sakes. But I just keep a couple things in mind. We have a lot of people who have contracted COVID in the last few weeks. Flu's going around. Um, we got a lot of people ill, and so be praying for them. Be sure to look at the, if you're not part of the Christ Community Church Closed Facebook group, be sure to message me or get a hold of me or just try to add yourself, and I'll put you in there because that's where we post prayer requests and church announcements. And so, um, you know, we've had people try to sell stuff on there and stuff like that. that ain't going to happen. I think it has to be approved by me first. But if you have a prayer request, you know, that'll go on there and be praying for them. Be careful um, and uh, pray that my furnace is resurrected because my wife gets cold at when it's 80 degrees. So that's going to be interesting. Um, she may be staying here for all I know. Um, but let's pray. We'll get out of here. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. I pray that your spirit convicts all of us, shows us that we're the ones who need to change first, that part of your perfect wisdom is quit worrying about the speck in someone else's eye when we have a plank in our own. May we repent, and maybe, just maybe, if every member of your church in this country repents and truly takes your word seriously and sees your wisdom as perfect without exceptions, then perhaps you will bless us with revival. I pray that all of us live to see the day when millions and millions are coming to faith in you in this country. We pray this in Jesus' name. We pray for safety and an end to this pandemic. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. God goes with you. Oh, and Gary, you weren't in here earlier. The Bengals won a playoff game. I'll explain what that is to you later. God bless you. God goes with you. Have a safe, great week. Christ Community Church, located at 25th and Thomas Avenue in Portsmouth, Ohio. Christ Community meets on Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 10.30 a.m. 
For more information, visit www.christcommunity.net or check out our Facebook page.